another episode of the anarchist experience episode 352 aka year seven week 49 aka the new year's day 2022 edition welcome to the show gentlemen as always i am your host mr richie rich along with mc and ks and i know you're going to be uh dipping out shortly ks so welcome to the beginning of the show thanks for hanging in there with us as long as you possibly can and we'll try to get through some articles and get your always valuable insight to those Mahalo. as we go along here um i know that it's already late in the afternoon oh i gotta say your rachmaninoff always grows on you doesn't it i absolutely i you know it was a good call for you to pick that music uh chaos and then you know i found like that little bitty segment of it that i think works well as an intro so yeah absolutely um new year's day afternoon here but it's been such a lazy day because i finally get a day off that i've done virtually nothing in the six hours or so <laughs> that i've been awake um and i know it's much earlier there for you uh mc but you said hey i can do it that early so here we go so did you enjoy your new year's you guys do all the illegal fun shit in hawaii that i miss oh so much i didn't participate in it. i just watched it that's fine Spectator is the best part, anyway. I yeah. was uh, distant. Uh, we ours was very quiet. Actually, there's no no fireworks or anything here in the uh, middle of the country. Uh, I think all of them are going on in Hawaii. That's also sad. But That's nothing sad like too. last year. Really? Nothing like last year? Is the government finally winning, cracking down on all the fireworks there? No, it was rain. I think. Oh, yeah. What can you do then? It rained a little bit here, and I was, you know, lamenting about how boring New Year's is here. And the response that I got was, well, because it's usually freezing cold, and no one wants to go outside and set off fireworks in the, you know, in the cold weather. I was like, well, that's fucking lame. Because even in Hawaii, we built fires outside, right? You, You build a fire, you set the Christmas tree on fire, and then you just blow as many fireworks as you possibly can and have some fun. If you're standing near the fire and throwing fireworks and lighting off aerials, right, you, you need not worry about the outside temperature too much, right? We have coats for that. So, you know, party, food, bonfire, that was pretty much my New Year's Eve. Rang in the New Year playing Animal Crossing. Always fun doing that, watching the countdown, the in-game countdown. I think that's going to be my New Year's tradition from now on. It's nothing else goes on here. But then out late, up late. And then not having to do anything today. It's like, all right, I'm just I'm just gonna lay in bed all day. <laughs> and it's been wonderful. Fantastic. Yeah. So Oh go I, go ahead. I was gonna say I was just trying to think about what's been going on here. Well, I've got COVID, um, and so does Nucci. Congratulations. And yeah. It's about finally. time. Yeah. That's that's great. Um Three years now, in, three years on, or oh, just over two years on, COVID nineteen finally catches it in twenty twenty two. I think bad. it's well, I think it's the Omicron variant, so it's not bad at all. And but don't really know. Um, there's no test that we can take to find out which one it is. Um, we did get one test that came back as detected. Um, so you know we've got something. We don't really know what it is, but um, other people. So basically. The story is is that Omicron did hit Hawaii and it's going through like the schools and stuff, you know, common cold type thing. How could that um, be with all right. the lockdowns and well, no, the, restrictions? the school schools are open and so that's where it's spreading, right? So, <laughs> but how did it get to um, the island? Is you know because it spreads very easily, okay. like seven times more spreadable than the Delta variant, which okay. was also highly spreadable. Okay. So it spread very quickly and it did get to the island, of course, because, you know, people travel here from everywhere. 
Um, Stop but, that nonsense immediately then. So so we went to a, a Christmas party and uh, a couple Christmas parties, you know, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, and a whole bunch of people around us uh, were getting sick, you know. And no, nobody's seriously sick. That's good. Um, but I've been, you know, doing what I said I was going to do, keep taking my uh, quercetin and zinc. You know, I'm taking it three times a day right now. And then also I've got ivermectin. Not sure how much that helps, but I've got it. I'm taking it. The Joe Rogan horse dewormer. I was able, I was able to get enough to give to other people too. And uh, so hopefully that's doing something, but who really knows? You know, I'm pretty healthy anyway. Oh, vitamin D I'm also taking. Um, and another one that's kind of weird is a NAC, which we talked about on a previous show. And that's the one that the, the, Government, for some reason, wanted taken off the shelves of all the, uh, you know, NAC used to be everywhere. Uh, You know, just (laughs) it was a common thing. And all of a sudden, they want it off the shelf. And because they say, well, it's it's a medicine. It's like, yeah, but it's super safe and... Well, if it's There's, a medicine, leave it on the shelves because that's where medicine works. <laughs> <belongs. laughs> well, you need a prescription for medicine, <laughs> you know. So they got these stupid, arbitrary rules for no reason, you know. But um, anyway, so that makes me think. Well, if they don't want it on the shelves, that means it's probably effective, <laughs> you know. Otherwise, they wouldn't care. They just be like, "Fuck it, take it. Who cares?" Um, Is that just so libertarian anyway. cynicism? If the government it, bans it, it must be good. Uh, well, it, it, the timing, you know, it's like somebody says, okay, this might be good for, uh, COVID, uh, uh, cure, or it also might be good for, you know, helping your liver. Um, and so, you know, the pharmaceuticals, as far as I'm concerned, are in control of what gets to be put on shelves. And that's just... It, it, you know, that's competition. You know, if people are curing themselves, then they're not going to the hospitals, and we can't have that. Okay. But the hospitals so, are overrun, so you'd want people to cure themselves, no? No. The, in fact, I think the worse the diseases are, the better it is for them, because then they'll sell more, um, you know, vaccines. So they want it. They want the outward appearance that... Uh, any illness is is the worst thing ever because it it drives people to you know uh, get get more of that whatever remedy they come up with. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Anyway, that's what I believe, and 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 that's been my whole life is as far as watching the the pharmaceutical industry. Um. You know, th- things with with cancer. Um. You know, they they went after somebody who was making tea and they, they would go to individuals houses and, and t- take their tea away. They're trying to cure themselves from their cancer. And, and the government went out of their way to go to some individual's house and be like, you can't have that. It's like, why? It doesn't make any sense at all, but that's the way they operate, you know? Right. So, so you said you probably have the Omicron. So you're, you're feeling okay. I'm feeling pretty good. Like the, the first day that I noticed something, I, I unexplicably, Unexplicably, I can't say the word. Unexplicably, inexplicably, I can't still get in, inexplicably. Uh, got I felt nauseous, and then shortly after that, um, I uh, had stomach problems, and for the whole for the whole day, I had stomach problems and you know diarrhea, and then after that, it that kind of went away, and now I have oh, some weird. Uh, symptom which i'm not really sure if it's from a virus or not but my light sensitivity is off oh yeah you know so, some people say their you know their taste buds are affected my, i think i can taste just fine um but light sensitivity is really it's it's really uh not what it's supposed to be and it's, it's it almost seems like things are flickering like if i'm watching like a a, a display like on a computer screen okay. so maybe maybe i'm trying to break out of the matrix now i don't know <laughs> if you're lucky if you're lucky yeah. there, homie. so I, I guess my point is if you if you do all the things that you did taking all those you know i'm gonna call them supplements uh mm-hmm. that even with 
even with uh, some health concerns, that it's more than survivable and it could be, I don't want to, like the tail end of the the COVID-19 virus being a thing. Because if if every new variant gets progressively like more uh, virulent but weaker, then we just stop caring about it. Right. Right. And it seems like the Omicron is the weakest of them all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Until they, until they design a new one, I guess. Well, yeah. Talk to, <laughs> talk to Fauci about that. But for this particular pandemic. Sure. Right. There was also a meme going around. Was like, and is it, isn't it interesting that once a new, once a new strain, a new variant starts getting tested positive for, like no one tests positive for the old ones. Like no one's, <laughs> no one's getting Delta right. anymore. I know. Because uh, Omicron is here. It just yeah. keeps morphing well, and migrating. Yeah, and that and that's the thing that the Omicron supposedly transmits so easily that, like I said, seven times more spreadable than Delta. So it would make sense that it would just it would quickly take over. Yeah. Um, but do and, nothing, right? Yeah. Take and over so and do a, nothing more than a normal cold would. Sure, sure, yeah, and that and that's the best possible outcome. Also, so what, what's what do they call that word? Um, uh, when it's not a pen, when it's changes from a pandemic endemic, so it's endemic, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what you know. And, and the thing is, I I was never worried about Delta either or Alpha. You know, um, yeah. Alpha was mainly something that affected uh, older people or people with pre-existing conditions. And um, the the more that went around, the less of those people were. Uh, able to be exposed, and then of course it mutated, and then it started affecting younger people. Now, Omicron, uh, Omicron affects high schoolers now. Oh no! And so it's going, like I said, it's going through the schools. Um, so everybody's getting it, and and uh, and that's how I think I got it. Okay. Um, it's just it's just spreading like wild, wildfire. Well, congratulations! Welcome to the club. And then in a couple of weeks or whatever, you'll be added to like the survivors club list as yeah. well, because that seems to be the vast majority of us. Yeah, and and so I, what I really want is is the the uh, antibody um, uh, test or proof or something that I that I had it, and so you know, so that I have I have an immunity to it, right? And so then I can get on a plane someday and be like, look, I can't spread it because I already had it. <laughs> but Maybe. they're not even doing that so because far. The, the <laughs> they still want everybody to get the damn vaccine. <laughs> right, because the pro-vaxxers have moved on to go like, well, okay, natural immunity might be a thing, but it's, it's a 90-day expiration date, right? Like your natural immunity only lasts for 90 days. After that time, uh, you're... I don't know about that. I think the, I think the, the vaccine... They said last like six to ten weeks or something like that. Well, that's why they keep doing boosters for the vax. But if you're unvaxed, right. you can't get a booster for natural immunity except for getting the virus again, right? Yeah, I'd take my chances with that again. I understand that. But <laughs> my, my point is if you have the natural immunity and the, the science, it's the settled science is that the natural immunity is only for 90 days, that means your travel window to travel unvaxxed, right, is only 90 days after you've had the virus. Also, the every, everybody that I know that was vaxxed is also getting the um, Omicron. Yes. And they're getting sick sick from it. So, I don't, yeah, the whole immunity thing from a, a vaccine. Yeah, this vaccine does not create immunity. That's... It never did. I, I'm, I'm 100% sure of that. Um, and that's why they changed the CDC definition of the, of the word vaccine. Not only did it never create an immunity, the only people that thought it did was like the president and <laughs> the CNN talking heads. Right. Right. All the actual reports was like, well, reduces symptoms. Right. But you can get it. You can spread it. But since everyone who gets it, if, if the people who get it are vaccinated as well, they're not at high, as high a risk. So get vaccinated and go about your business, but you're still going to get it and you're still going to mm. be able to spread it. So go about your business, oh, but put your mask back on. Go about your business, but put your mask back on and social distance anyway. Go about your business, but put your mask back on, social distance, and don't forget that there's a booster coming up that's going to be like a you know quarterly thing now, right, until it gets worse. The pills are in development. 
So they kept moving. Yeah. Never, never. I don't think there was been any report aside from again, like the, the idiots at CNN or the president, who said that once you have the vaccine, you're immune. Like that's never been <laughs> that's never been the official right. word from any. Even the medical, you know, science side of things never said that. So it was folly to begin with to think that that was going to get us out. It's the people. It's the people not paying attention or being purposefully deceptive that said like the vaccine is the way out. Yeah, and I but that's that's part of it, right? So that's why I keep going back to the whole hypnotist thing. There's there's people that are hypnotized and they they will believe the stupidest story out there because they need it to feel good about themselves, you know. Yeah. It's like and if you if you repeat it enough, right, then that just becomes the news or the facts or the truth. Yeah. There was another interesting point that someone made um we we live in a culture, I think um, we might have talked about this a little bit on Free Talk Live as well, because um, we were talking about um, the the use of memes to get your point across, right? And it's because we currently live in a culture where memes is the best way to present your message because ain't nobody got time for that shit, right? If you present an essay, a well-thought-out essay or book even, right, nobody's going to read it. So you have to get your message across in you know a two inch by two inch picture cartoon with as minimal words as possible to you know, <laughs> to make your point about freedom and liberty. Sure, and I and I think that, you know the freedom and liberty folks are best at making memes too. They're getting better. They're absolutely getting better. Yeah. Um, but and, and the, the whole and there's another meme that's really popular that that never gets old, and that is the left can't meme, and they can't. Yes. <laughs> but I, the the other point I was going to make is the. No one reads the articles, right? So you tell oh, the yeah, lie in yeah. the headline, right. and then you tell the truth in the article, and the only information that gets propagated is the lie, mm-hmm. which is what they want to propagate. Mm-hmm. Then it can say, well, we never said that. If you actually read the article, like, no, they, and, but they know nobody right. reads the article anymore. You read the yeah. headline, you pass on the information. Yeah, but then you just put in the comment that the headline is a lie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what everybody does anyway. Everybody's the headline, like, "Oh, that's bullshit." Right. One, we were. I was reading. It's not related to this, but I was reading another headline um, about. You know, they were talking about like they've uh, with the tardigrades, and they've quantum entangled tardigrades, right? And I, I have a an angel who like likes reading those articles, so she read the article, and she's like, "Yeah, this isn't going to pass peer review." <laughs> I go, what do you mean? Like, oh, it says it right there. Like, the people peer-reviewing it say it's bogus. And, you know, two of the tardigrades died and one was, like, frozen. So it, does, it wasn't even entangled. It just kind of, like, acted as a pass-through. If you read the article, fucking the headline about, you know, quantum entangling tardigrades is already bullshit. You you right. need not do any more peer-review than that. It's already in there. Like, all right. Well, right. Seemed fun when I heard it the first time. Mm-hmm. Buzzkill. Killed joy. Whatever. But yeah, but that's, again, it highlights my point that what you read in the headline is the information that gets shared and the facts and the truth is in the article, which no one reads anymore. You got to do it in a meme. Anything else on that? No. Shall we do New Year's headlines? Are we there already? Hmm. Or is there more? Is there more? No. Okay. Go for it. All right. Just checking. You were like, hmm, like there might've been something on your mind. Yeah, I'm 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 going through my list in my brain, but there's, okay. there's, it's a very short list. All right. <laughs> uh, again, unrelated, but Betty White passed away. That was kind of sad. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's neither. That's unfortunate. Nin- neither here nor nine, there. Ninety-nine years old. I right? know. On the last day of the year, too. I like, don't know. Ninety-nine is a good a good year. <laughs> Understood. See, but here's the thing, right? Talking about fudging the numbers on on her headstone. Right, they could they if she lasted just a few more hours, they could have put like nineteen twenty two to two thousand twenty two, and people would just assume a hundred. Oh uh, yeah, right, like one day and you're like, oh, it's fucking ninety nine, eh, whatever. All right, headline: Fake students, vacations for random Koreans, and fattening up eels. Rand Paul exposes eight insane ways the Feds wasted our money. In 2021, a headline, while killing man with a bike lock in a crowded store, police kill innocent child shopping with her mom. A headline, three signs, you're not actually a socialist. 
Uh, headline, the real reason politicians want legal cannabis is tax money. Call that a duh right there. <laughs> uh, headline, the pandemic shows why we need universal health care. Uh, might want to do that one while we got KS on the, on, on the call. Uh, headline, mandatory holidays mean less freedom and flexibility for workers. Uh, headline, Americans seeking to renounce their citizenship are stuck with it for now. A headline, cop faked severe COVID to steal sick time from fellow cops and worked another job. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. You know, I, I don't know whether to like laugh or cry at that one. Finally, headline, <laughs> true competition versus the monopolistic minimal state. Uh, any place in particular you want to start there? Either. Um, yeah, anywhere is fine with me. Oh, where's the one? But I, but I guess I guess I I need to know why I need universal health care. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, mean, good. I, I don't, but because <laughs> this is this, uh, I'll be honest. This is one of those where it the it's the opposite position than we would likely take, which means I'm glad that uh, I hope he stays on long enough to get through the article. Um, but KS is insights as an economist, right, and a professor is usually valuable when we talk about more of these academic subjects. The pandemic shows why we need universal health care. Uh, why does the richest country in the world have the most COVID deaths? A primary reason is that the United States does not have free universal health care system. <clears throat> the United States has just passed a grim milestone of 800,000 official deaths from COVID-19, more than any other country, with the actual death toll likely much higher. As the nation has faced over 100 days in which more than 1,000 people have died and now faces the prospect of a more infectious variant that may weaken vaccine efficacy, it must be asked. How exactly did the richest country in the world get here? There are a number of reasons, but the primary one is that the United States does not have a free universal health care system. The lack of national health insurance program affects everything from vaccine hesitancy to the ability to get a test to how we manage the virus going forward. In the United States, we are so accustomed to paying out of pocket for essential health care that when it is provided for free, it's a foreign concept. A significant barrier to vaccination is that some people think they will be charged for it. That could be one of the reason, reasons uninsured people are among those with the lowest rate of vaccination, with 56% reporting to having received one dose in the latest survey conducted by Kaiser Health News, a lower percentage than Republicans and white evangelicals. The fear of having to pay for a service that is being offered for free isn't irrational. Thanks to loopholes in federal regulations, some people have ended up being mistakenly charged for the vaccine. This has also been the case with testing. While many cities offer free PCR testing, it is not universally free. A number of people have received massive bills after being tested at privately run labs. Pre-pandemic, a study found that 22% of Americans delay healthcare needs because of costs. They might avoid testing and vaccines for the same reason. Cost and lack of access erodes trust. In the U.S., while trust in the medical establishment is low, the trust individuals have in their primary care physicians is high. A CDC survey of unvaccinated adults from the summer showed that those who were unsure or were never going to get the vaccine reported that their primary care providers were their most trusted source of information. But the share of Americans with primary care physicians has been declining in recent years. And the U.S. spends a lot on primary care that other countries, uh, the U.S. spends a lot less on primary care than other countries. Excuse me. Indeed, a significant number of Americans get their health care from the emergency room. One study found that nearly 50% of medical care sought at hospitals was emergency room care. All of this matters not just for vaccine uptake, but for how we manage COVID in the future. There have been a lot of progress in the development of antiviral therapeutics that reduce the risk of hospitalization after infection. Pfizer and Merck have put out promising drugs. For these drugs to be effective, treatment must begin soon after the person is infected, which means patients need early access to testing and a doctor who can prescribe them. For immunocompromised patients, the FDA has approved a routine antibody treatment from AstraZeneca. But once again, cost and access are critical issues. That means that even after COVID has become endemic, we will likely continue to see disparities in disease and death along racial and socioeconomic lines. 
the lack of insurance has been deadly for far too many. According to a report by Families USA, a consumer health advocacy organization, nearly one in three COVID deaths is related to gaps in health insurance. But rather than address these gaps, there has been a move to reinforce barriers. Many employers are now charging unvaccinated people an additional fee alongside their insurance. Even the White House's first attempt to improve access to testing stopped short of making the test free. Instead, people are required to submit their bills to their insurance company for reimbursement. After pressure, the White House announced plans to make 500 million rapid tests available free of charge. This measure and the recent call to distribute free masks in addition to vaccine would be a good start. But free health care cannot be a temporary measure. The pandemic has demonstrated that a privatized health care system cannot ensure the health of the population. We have barely survived this pandemic, and without universal health care, we won't survive the next one. Uh, end of the article. Oh so, my gosh, we barely survived. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I like the meme where there it says um, the U.S. population uh, b- before the pandemic was, uh, you know. 350 million and now and after the deadly pandemic now it's only 360 million <laughs> because they've outpaced with birth, new births right <laughs> it's, like, it's so deadly we've got a higher population now how does that um, fucking math how does that work <laughs> yeah so yeah definitely and and i don't believe that the the covid deaths are actually that much you know dying with covid isn't the same thing as dying from Fuck it COVID. right um and and there's no proof that uh, the vaccine, as far as I could tell uh, from all the numbers I've seen, that uh, places where they've vac- vaccinated heavily have had significantly fewer deaths than places that that haven't. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't buy that whole thing that okay. that uh, it's yeah it's the the whole thing's wrong <laughs> to to begin with. It's it's a it's a theory, but it's it's a I think it's easily disproven. So obviously we don't buy into the theory, right? So do you, do you think do you think that the author actually believes this then, or are they one of probably those? okay? Because they um, could just I'd, be using this as as a reason to advance universal health care, right? There's been a sure. push for universal health care prior to the to, to the uh, outbreak or pandemic or whatever, and now they have a better reason. They have more ammo, uh, more yeah. uh, more you know. Yeah, more but so, so the the other part to look at is why is healthcare expensive, and it and it is because of the push to centralize everything. Um, so there are no cheap or cheap alternatives, and so that's you know we're talking about reduce you know the the author uh, talks about reducing uh, the trust in in the system. Well, well, yeah, because if you send somebody a, a five thousand dollar bill uh, to get a, a COVID test, of, of course, they're, or, or for any test, they're never going to do it again. It's just, it's ridiculous. And it's, and it's because of the system uh, being manipulated. And a lot of that is, you know, greedy politicians and, and uh, corporations and stuff. And what, what really needs to happen is, is uh, more alternatives. The way more alternatives exist is if you get rid of all the regulations and then sure. they'll spontaneously exist. You know, maybe maybe they won't be uh, uh, perfect, but you'll have uh, cheap services for, for people that don't have very much money and you'll have very expensive ones for, you know, the Joe Rogans out there that can, you know, get the kitchen sink uh, thrown at them. Um, but... Um, yeah, leaving it up to the government will just will just bankrupt. The can country, the so. can the general public be convinced of that? Right, because when you go, when you look at the hospital bills that you know, no, some people I don't, post I don't online, think the, like eighty dollars for an aspirin. Goddamn yeah. capitalism! I don't think the general public can can be convinced of anything. <laughs> it's like well, uh, you know, mo- most people are just trying to do uh, what they can, the, the best they can, uh, and they have to deal with the, you know, the environment they, they live in. So, um, in, in Hawaii, we have re- restricted, uh, hospitals. They won't let us open up a new hospital because that would create competition with the current hospitals and sure. the, all the boards, you know, the, the, the board that 
decides if we can open up a new hospital is being run by the people that are in the hospitals that we currently have. So we just can't open a new one. Okay. So uh, let's, let's assume that you can open up a new hospital though. Do you really think that that's going to drive down the cost significantly of, of emergency? Uh, Yeah. Not, not just, not just hospitals, but all, all for all services. Like, um, you know, if, if you wanted to open up a clinic that just does cheap x-rays, you know, that would drive down the cost of x-rays. Okay. Now, the hospitals would get really pissed off because then they couldn't charge people $5,000 to get an x-ray. <laughs> okay. So get the government completely out of it and then let those smaller, uh, smaller organizations do their thing. Yeah, just let people innovate around the high costs. You know, provide cheaper services where it, where it fits. Um, so... But yeah, that that doesn't obviously it doesn't solve everything immediately. Um, but what it what it does do is is it it ends the uh, ever increasing centralization and costs associated with that. Okay. This also came up recently in a conversation with the angel. Uh, there were, were there was talk about you know a medical condition where the prescribed treatment for it was bloodletting like legit hmm. but where do you go right now where you know where do you currently go to get your blood drawn for free and it's like well the red cross <laughs> well because of the medical condition the red cross won't take the blood so they you know they refuse the donation and they refuse to draw the blood which means you got to go privately to some place to get the blood drawn for them to you know charge you for it and then basically dispose of it i go mm-hmm. okay that might be you know that sounds reasonable because they're providing a service, but it also seems like someone else should be able to stab you in the arm and just let blood flow for a little bit, right? Like that seems like it's a doable thing. You know? <laughs> so who can do this? And the response was basically like, well, technically I could do it myself, right? Like I can, I can draw my own blood, but now the issue is I can't get the equipment to draw it myself, right? Because you, you have to be like in the field, to do that sort of thing. So when you talk about removing the government regulations, just getting access to some of that equipment to do things that you may be able to do on your own or that you may be able to, you know, find someone qualified to do it for significantly less than a larger organization. Um, since you can't do it, you know, for free from the place that will do it for free, you know, I go, okay, Mm. yeah, I can, I can see how removing regulations would solve that problem and give you access to treatment, you know, on a more regular basis as you need it. Yeah. But as it stands, right, you, you get articles like this and, you know, you get people who already, you know, they see the bills, they're con- there's legitimate concern, right? Like people are le- legitimately concerned about their cost of individual health care or if their families. And that's, they, they never look past that part of it, right? They, they see the bill, they, they see their premiums and how much it's going to cost. And the quick and dirty solution is, well, someone else should pay for this because it is ridiculously expensive for me to pay. And I don't necessarily disagree with that, right? Like it's way, healthcare in the United States is way too expensive when you look at those numbers. But there's that segment of people who won't look past those numbers to find out how did we get here, right? And then they're clamoring for a solution that will only make it worse, yeah yeah exactly it it will make it worse um and and maybe you know as far as government centralized services go may, maybe there is a way to do it efficiently but it shouldn't be for everything um and it, it, it's, I mean, it's, that would it be like, like the bro- broken clock is right twice a day type of thing could they get it right yeah. sure Maybe it's like the, and I don't want to say they did the right thing here, but the with the COVID vaccines, um, they were effective at getting I don't know maybe a hundred million or one hundred fifty million doses out there or whatever. I don't I don't actually know the numbers, but a, hu- a huge amount. Like if you looked at it objectively and said, "Is this was this was this a successful vaccine campaign?" I mean, it's amazing how many people took the damn thing. Um, so I would have to say, yes, they were successful at, at getting this out quickly and into everybody's arms. Um, so, 
<laughs> but uh, was it free? Absolutely not. You know how much? How many billions of dollars is Pfizer and Moderna and uh, the rest of them making off of getting these things in, into people? You know, it's like yeah. it, I don't even. I don't even. I haven't even seen any numbers of how much each shot costs. But I know Pfizer's making a killing. Right? Yeah, because it doesn't exist. Because it doesn't. It doesn't cost the consumer anything, right? You know, yeah, but so how? How much money are they getting from the government? I don't. I, I haven't even seen anybody talk about that. Uh, it's in a stimulus package somewhere, right? You got to yeah. pass the bill to read the bill, man. You got. You got to dig through that. Yeah, and so it it could be like you know a thousand dollars a shot, you know, which would be you know obscene. Nobody would pay pay that uh, for something that you know probably doesn't work that good. Yeah. Um, but but since it's free, oh, you got to take it. It's it's this is what the government says is good for you. Shit, as long as they're handing out free stuff, I take as many as they won't give me. Yeah. Oh, give, give me those boosters. You know, it's free. Well, it's not free, and that's that's the weird thing. You know, it's it's free in the government sense of the term free. Yeah. Means the cost is hidden from you, but you're still paying for it somewhere. Yeah. Paying for it at the gas pump. Paying for it at the grocery store. And and so then uh, you know Pfizer's making so much money that they can afford to pay CNN and MSNBC and all the the news stations to constantly run the ads for them. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's the, the the phrase they use at the beginning of every show? Um, bought and paid for by, by oh, not yeah, not bought and paid <laughs> for, but similar to that, right? I I don't watch those shows, so I don't Pre- know. yeah, present presented yeah. by Pfizer presented without whatever. commercial interruption by. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Moving on. Sure. Let's do this one because I think it transitions in. So where does all that money go? Right. Where are they getting all these funds for? Well, fake students, vacations for random Koreans, and fattening up eels. Rand Paul exposes eight insane ways the feds wasted our money in 2021. Oh no. Oh no. Every holiday season, Senator Rand Paul honors the fictional Seinfeld holiday festivus. An annual airing of grievances with a report exposing how the federal government wastes taxpayer money. The libertarian-leaning Kentucky Republican just released his latest report for 2021, and its findings are even worse than expected. And that's saying something. Senator Paul's office documents $52.6 billion in waste, which is equivalent to wasting the taxes of 3.43 million Americans. The full 43-page report covers far too many egregious examples of government waste to list in one article, but here are eight of the most outlandish ways the federal government wasted our money, according to this year's report. Number one, small business administration paid billions in improper loans and feds lost billions to unemployment fraud. The federal government's COVID-19 efforts were a scammer's dream. The Paycheck Protection Program was meant to help struggling small businesses stay afloat during the pandemic, but it sent an astounding $4.29 billion to ineligible businesses or duplicate loans. It even sent $3.6 billion of that money to businesses explicitly on the Treasury's Department's do-not-pay list, which includes known scammers, yet it didn't bother to check. Hmm. So, two countless billions were lost to unemployment fraudsters, during the expanding pandemic benefits system. Number two, Baltimore school claims millions in federal funding for fake students that don't exist. Apparently the federal government gives out more than $9,000 in federal funding per student in Baltimore, Maryland. One school evidently decided to take advantage of the system, claiming 1.27 million in funding for 140 students who were not actually enrolled and whose whereabouts were unknown. According to the report, a city in Baltimore investigation found some administrators were changing grades and padding enrollment with ghost students who were not actually attending the school in order to get more funding. Number three, New York City wastes millions in federal COVID funds on City Arts Corps. The federal government's multi-trillion dollar COVID-19 stimulus efforts flooded the coffers of state and local governments with more money than they knew what to do with. This resulted in many absurdly wasteful programs, like one in New York City where Mayor Bill de Blasio used federal taxpayer money to set up a city arts corp, paying artists to create public art and resurge the cultural scene. Number four, billions wasted in Afghanistan. 
Senator Paul's documents billions wasted on jaw-dropping dumb expenditures in Afghanistan. The U.S. reportedly allowed foreign nations to use military aircrafts for free at a total expense of $773 million and spent $549 million on planes that were later scrapped and sold for parts. The federal government also apparently wasted $2.4 billion on constructing buildings in Afghanistan that were left unused as well as an $88 million invested in building irrigation systems for Afghan farmers, only 2.7% of which were later used properly. Number five, millions spent on border security in other countries. There's a hot debate in American politics about how much money the federal government should spend securing our southern border. Yet apparently we're already spending hundreds of millions on border security in other countries. $250 million of your taxpayer dollars are going to building borders in Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt, Tunisia, and Oman. The report notes, while Americans may be divided on how to solve the crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border, we should all agree that using our taxpayer money to fix someone else's border is not the best idea. Number six, $150,000 sending random South Koreans on vacation. Many Americans could use a vacation but can't afford one right now. Well, rest assured that the federal government is using their tax money to send random South Koreans on climate change vacations. Partnering with the United States Agency for International Development, the United States Embassy in Seoul is allocating up to $150,000 grant to send 10 Koreans aged 15 to 30 to Washington, D.C. for two weeks to learn about climate change activism, the report notes. Number seven, hundreds of thousands to fatten up eels. The Food and Drug Administration reportedly gave $337,500 to a Canadian company to fatten up eels for human consumption in an effort to boost the eel market? This is corporate welfare driven by somebody at the FDA who must really like eating eel, the report notes. Someone should remind the FDA that there are, there are other fish in the sea. And finally, eight, uh, number eight, billions lost in improper Social Security payments. At least the federal government is carefully stewarding our retirement money, right? Yeah, about that. According to Senator Paul's report, the Social Security Administration made 100,766 overpayments, totaling nearly $4.2 billion that may not fully be recouped until 2049. Of this, the administration completely deleted and could not account for over $1.2 billion due to an error in their system. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. Rest assured, this list is hardly exhaustive. The full depths of waste across trillions and trillions of dollars in federal expenditures can't be captured by one report or one senator's office. The above items and the $52-plus billion are just the tip of the iceberg. Indicative examples that remind us how wildly irresponsible the government is with our money. But as Nobel Prize-winning economist Milton Friedman famously explained, that's the feature of government, not a bug. Why? Friedman identified four ways which money can be spent. We can spend our money on ourselves, in which case we have every incentive towards frugality and quality insurance. We can spend our money on someone else or someone else's money on ourselves, like buying gifts or spending a gift card. In either scenario, some incentive towards frugality still exists. Yet Friedman outlined a fourth scenario, wherein someone spends other people's money on other people. In that scenario, there's really no incentive at all to spend frugally or wisely. And that scenario perfectly describes most government programs. The takeaway here is clear. There's only one way to get the government to waste less of our money, and that's to give them a lot less of it in the first place. End of the article. <laughs> so any of those jump out at you as like the most egregious? No, no. Okay. I, 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 th I think government spending is pretty funny to begin with. Yeah, they, should, they shouldn't have the money... To begin with, and that's, that's the moral of the story, yeah. Right, and, but the, there was also the, you know, the, the understanding that even if they did not tax, they would still print, right? Sure. Like they don't sure, need yeah. the tax money. The, getting paid well, for taxes was more about control than funding the government, really. Well, that's what I, I thought was so odd about our, our current system is, is that, well, they, they put in the Constitution, you know, only gold and silver – you know, that's that's what money is. That's money, and yeah, it's there. And they and they they found a loophole around that by creating the Federal Reserve, and and that's not even the first central bank. This is the third central bank we've had, and so yep. you know it'll it'll go away someday too. 
Um, and maybe we'll be back on a hard currency. Who knows? You know, it's like, it just seems odd, but, um, you know, this, the things were in, in the constitution for a reason, you know, they maybe they were corrupt central planners, but, um, they knew something about something, <laughs> you know, that they, they weren't com- yeah. complete morons. They didn't, they, it's not like they didn't know anything about history when they wrote the constitution. <laughs> right. It's, it's not a perfect document, but <laughs> damn, some of that, some still makes sense today. Yeah. Some of it makes sense. And, and there's a reason why it was in there. And now we're just going to be like, Oh, well, we'll just, we'll just print forever and see, see how this turns out. And, yeah. uh, you know, it turns out good while everybody accepts it and and so i guess what what really is 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 it's the rest of the world the rest of the world still accepts us dollars and so we'll keep giving it to them and and that's you know that's one way that you know the, the the people who advocated for this justify it right they go like well they do that you know they export the dollars to protect the value of it here Right, if you had all those dollars sure, flood yeah. back in, well, it's not that they're flooding back in. It's it's that if if more people around the world uh, have access to to a commodity or whatever, and it's, if it's more accepted there, and if that's what they trade in, um, then it then it will have value. And so it's the whole uh, Pareto principle. Um, whatever people. You know, it's whoever whoever has the most will get more basically and so um if everybody's using the dollar that will that will mean that more people will u- will use the dollar and so yeah. that's that's one of the uh, tricks to the whole uh system but um that's one of the difficulties in getting people off the dollar as well yeah well i don't want to get people off the dollar i just i just don't want it to be well i don't want it to be corrupt you know i don't okay. want people printing it and giving it to the to incentivize uh, bad behavior basically and that's why i said yeah. you know i'm more in favor of a universal basic income k- kind of like our social security system it's like everybody gets it and that's that you could do whatever you want with it after that <laughs> and that, then the money will go to where it's needed most or to at least what people care about, you know, there's a lot of people on social security that don't need the money at all. And they go to the casino and they blow it. It's like, yeah. well, what do they want? They want entertainment. Who cares? I'm down with that. Well, and at least a lot, at least in a lot of those cases, right. If they're retired, they've paid into that. Right. Sure. It's hard yeah. to deny them that it's, you know, at some level, but at the same time, the, the, the buck stops somewhere, right. There, there's going to be a generation sooner rather than later that pays in and gets nothing in return because it collapses on them right and there's yeah and this, that and this kind of i i can imagine a young person right now looking at the housing market and be like there's no way i'm ever going to be able to afford a house and i agree with them it's like yeah. it's, just, it's just no freaking way it's like it's the market is stupid uh and it's stupid because of the the way they've created it and so whatever all right I think uh, the the other one in here is uh, the other question I had in here is the the people who were scamming the government, right? Uh, the the small business scammers, uh, the Baltimore school officials. Well, maybe that one's a little bit, you know, because they're still part of the state. Uh, can you blame them? Like, is is there a reason not to defraud the government if they're willing to give out free money? Is it fraud if they're giving it out? I'm sorry. Well, the, the first one was Small Business Administration paid billions in improper loans. So this was part of the, the Paycheck Protection Program. They were giving out money to these businesses, and some of them were on the do not pay list, right? Like, they know that this is oh, a scam gotcha. operation. But if the government is handing out money, right, for whatever, and you just, you know, like, well, I want some of that as long as they're giving out, and you defraud the government in some form okay. or fashion, is it is it really fraud and is there, you know, sure. It, it, I mean, it's fraud, but the, it's fraud on top of fraud. You know, they're, they're printing money to give it out and that's fraud too. Yeah. So, but if you're lying to get your money back because you know that they've taken so much from you already, do you, owe, well, if that's you owe them if, honesty, if, if that's the truth, there's, sure. there's a lot of people that are taking way more than they've ever paid into the government. 
can I preemptively defraud the government knowing that they will come after me later? <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> like I, I know I'm going to, you know, my, my life, if I, if I, if I could calculate like my lifetime tax burden, right. My present day lifetime tax burden, I, I could defraud them of that. Then as I pay it back to them slowly over the rest of my life, right. Then there's, it's a net zero. Yeah. I, well, I think I, I think that's just leading to just justifying doing whatever the heck you want, which you know do what you want anyway. But well, but it's doing it against the government. Like, I don't. How are you gonna you gonna be mad at me for that? I don't know how um, I do it. I'm just saying. No, um, I I don't know. It's like okay. I don't I don't know where we're going with this conversation. I'm just saying that there's a moral objection to defrauding the government to get free money from the state. That's all. There, there is, there is, there is a strategy, right, amongst anarchists to bankrupt the state by going on as many welfare programs as you can, right? Sure. Get as much sure. free money as you can, and then earn your main income on the side that they can't touch, right? Sure. Like we were, I was at. Um, a, we I, at the, I don't. I don't think that's necessarily going to work but okay um yeah we were uh, we were standing around the bonfire last night and there was a fairly intelligent teen on around the bonfire and he had like all these ways um to make money like somewhat on the line of what's moral or immoral right like i want to pirate shit and then sell dvds kind of a thing right mm -hmm. i want to pirate all the old video games and then sell them to my friends. And at one point he said, and what I'll do to hide this, you know, for the tax burden is like run it through a whole bunch of PayPal accounts. So it just jumps from account to account to account and then they can't trace it. And then I got like, you know, poked in the ribs a little bit because I was like, well, I want you to stop saying funnel it through PayPal, right? And so like move it into crypto or move it into Monero or something, right? Like, you're on the right track that you should absolutely do your damnedest to hide money from the state, right? But I don't think the method you're currently thinking is of any value. And here's one that might be if you start to research this, you know, new fandangled phenomenon that you kids should be looking into in cryptocurrencies, right? So anytime you say like PayPal to PayPal, say no, Monero. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, pirate this shit, sell it to my friends, and then put that into Monero. And that'll be the end of it. You know, for the most part, untraceable after that, as far as you're concerned, untraceable after that. Right. And so it's not necessarily, he's not defrauding his friends. Like they know what they're buying. They're buying the cheap Chinese knockoff version of something that's, you know, otherwise readily available for free um, or for, you know, for paid service. Um, but I like the idea of hiding it from the state as best you can. So if you, if you get on welfare, right. And you've got your side hustle bringing in bank, Right then you're bankrupting the state and withholding funds from them. And I don't, I don't want to say that that's immoral or a bad strategy. Okay. Cause individually you're doing just fine. Right. Could you be making more money? Maybe, but then you got to give more to the state to stay legit. Who wants to do that? So again, it's again, another reason why, you know, a lot of libertarians and or anarchists um, prefer like the poverty lifestyle. Right. I don't want to give money to the state so much that I'm willing to stay poor my entire life just so I don't reach the burden, uh, the income burden where I have to pay them. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Right. But then there are, you know, Republicans and Democrats or whoever else go like, I will do whatever it takes to get rich and I will pay my tribute to the government. Cause that means I will be a billionaire. Even if it means like Elon Musk giving the state $8 billion in taxes, mm -hmm. right? His tax burden for the year is infinitely more than most people will make in a lifetime. Right. And they're getting on him for like, you're not paying your fair share. Yeah. So, yeah. So, some people were speculating that uh, Elon Musk might be a libertarian. And I don't, I don't really think he is. I think no, he, just, he just wants to be somebody who accomplishes a lot. Right. He's just, he's just a, what do you call it? A workaholic. Yep. And that's, I wouldn't say, I don't, I'm not saying he enjoys what he does. I don't really know, but um, he's, he's, definitely he he puts a lot of effort into everything he does so right and he, and i think the his best skill is is being able to detect bullshit and get people that are uh uh like him hard hard working 
uh, people that, that want to accomplish things on his side. Right. And, and so that just multi- multiplies everything he does. Cause now he's got, you know, thousands of people that are, uh, kind of insane and <laughs> working hard to achieve what, you know, his, his goal. Yeah. Right. That's, that's the entrepreneurial thing, right? You know, get people to work for your dreams or have a dream and get people to help you achieve yours. Otherwise you'll yeah. spend your life working towards somebody else's. Yeah. Um, I think much like Rand Paul, libertarians want to gravitate towards towards to Elon Musk um, because of his financial success, and also because he has a tendency to occasionally say libertarian things, mm-hmm. right? And they go ooh, and they want to chant one of us, but he's not. He's a crony. Like we've covered this on the show before too. He's he's a crony capitalist sure. to like the it, highest degree. Yeah. And but depending on how how you look at it, like what what was the term that you used uh, before? Um, a uh, what's Anne Rand's thing? Objectivist. Objectivist. So if you take that attitude to its full uh, potential, uh, meaning just do whatever you got to do to you know get what you want um then that that's he's so he's more of an objectivist than he is uh than a libertarian so i'll accept that i just he get he he gets too much government handouts and government contracts and you know government bennies right to be a true free market capitalist would he be successful in a free market capitalist system um i would suggest yes because sure. I don't think it's the, I don't know if it's not only the cronyism that gets him what he wants. He's, he's got the entrepreneurial drive and work ethic to be successful. And he has managed to do that within the current system, right? The, the current system is uh, broken and corrupt, right? And he goes, well, if it's broken and corrupt, this is what I have to do to be successful within that system mm-hmm. and has been, and so has done so. So if you take that away, right, and you and he has to operate in a free market, you know, anarchist society, I think he would still be successful, but it would look differently because he wouldn't be able to rely on that cronyism and corruption. So you might you may get better products, better services out of Elon because that's what he would have to do to be successful within our system. But right now he doesn't have to do any of that because he just, you know, goes to the government, pays his whatever, sells his stocks, manipulates the markets, right? If you if you can manipulate the markets to, to to bend to your will to maximize your profits, good on you, man. Like why why would you not do that? Yeah, and without advocating increasing it. So one of the best things recently Elon Musk has done uh, was was say that you know say to the Biden administration, I don't need the tax incentives. Like doesn't matter. Like just just end them all. Um, and one of the reasons why is because they're, they're trying to give uh, special tax incentives to uh, electric car makers that have unions. Yeah. And, and that's ridiculous too. It's like, wait, you, you know, you ha- you have a, uh, a private company that doesn't have unions that's paying more than the unions are paying. And somehow, that should be punished, <laughs> you know. It's like, right. It's a uh, it's absurd, and uh, but part and, of his but reason that's, for doing that again is to prevent competition from you know from catching up or keeping up. Sure, I, I, don't, I, don't, need, I don't think I don't need the benefits. I don't think it's so just competition, but it's 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 state run competition, and that's what GM and yeah. uh, things are. Um, they're they're uh, not innovative, and they're trying to use the state to keep them in business, and yeah. And so, anyway, I think I think I think GM should end. I think it's it, it's it's really weird, you know. Um, Tesla is the most American company that exists in the U.S. As far as I'm concerned, it's a car company for sure. But okay, um, they're the biggest American success in the world at the moment. And uh, the the even cars with the Tesla, all the problems. Yeah, the, the the cars that Tesla made are, are are more American than the cars that GM makes because GM has import so many parts and stuff. I'm sure Tesla does too, but um, 
as far as which is the mer- most American car in the U- U.S. that's built in the U.S. That's well, that's Tesla. Okay. And so we we should <laughs> we should be building more Tesla plants and closing down more GM plants. <laughs> that's just the way it should be. But if that's what um, the market decides, right? I right. Mean, if GM if GM can can turn it around. Well, they can't turn around unless they get the government subsidies Understood. for for them having their their unions. Um, Understood. Yeah. But again, part of part of that is because that's how they have operated within the system for so long, right? That's how yeah. they know how to be successful within the current structure. And if the current structure well, is not going to change, then that's of course they're going to be their mechanism yeah. for achieving that. But, I'm just saying they are the structure. It's not okay. G, GM isn't working within the structure. They are the, they okay. are the establishment. Um, it's it's huge and it's it's the too big to too to big fail. To fail. Right. Yeah, thing. It's they're they're in bed with the the banks. They are the cronies. Okay, fair enough. Any other thoughts? No. Nope. Final thoughts. Mm, nope. Thanks. All right, that'll do it for us then. The New Year's Day edition. Of the Anarchist Experience. You guys know where to find us. AnarchistExperience.com on Telegram, t.me slash Anarchist Experience or t.me slash The Anarchist Experience. And if you like contributing to the show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash The Anarchist Experience. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.